Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Come on, let's not just sing it in a song. Let's actually lift up some praise this morning. What a king, what a savior, what a friend we have in Jesus. Hey, North Location, why don't we welcome the plaza right now as we're linking together as one big family. How about those in the Lexing, Lansing Correctional Facility, the guys watching, being a part of our church online, everyone, whether you're in your home or in the room, God has something great in store for you. Do you believe that? Amen. You can grab your seats and wherever this message finds you, I hope God's grace finds you there. I had a, uh, a week away with family, first real week away, first time off since uh, right, probably Thanksgiving. Uh, so this is as close to tan as you'll ever see me. It's really more just the converging of my freckles together. But I did a week off of news and off of social media. How many know that's a good week to be off of the news cycle, the drama, the heartache, everything going on? You know, we want to stay in tune to what's happening in the world, but we don't live our life fueled by the news of this world. And man, a week off of social media never hurt anyone, helped a lot. But definitely uh, painful things going on in our world, going on in our nation. Uh, the shooting in Indianapolis, the shooting of Dante Wright. Just feels like so much of our world, our nation, just spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. And for us to think like, hey, we're coming out of COVID or we're coming out of a season. Do you know that the ramifications and the effects of 2020 that are still lingering this year, these things are going on for a while because it's part of a root system. When the pressure is ever building, it begins to expose injustice and heartache and hurt and calamity and strife. All those things begin to come to the surface. This is why I believe this series is so vital for us as a people of God living out the mission of Jesus on the earth. The world needs a church that is courageous, courageous in love, in care, in grace for the world around us. Do not be afraid, though, of all that is going on, because God has a plan and a purpose for your life to make a prevailing difference in this world right around us. The author of Hebrews says that, hey, the world's going to shake. Everything that it can be shaken will be shaken. But we've received a kingdom. In other words, living for the purpose of Jesus here on the earth. We've received something that cannot be shaken. So be strong in the fact that you know that that which you have on the inside of you, your commitment, your connection to the love of God as we live out the mission of Jesus, loving the world around us, these are the things that remain even when everything else is shaking in this world. And maybe your own personal world, you feel like you're going through some storms, some struggles, and some trials. In Matthew 7, Jesus gives us a parable of a man who builds a house, one on the rock and one on the sand. And Jesus says, hey, if you want to be a person who builds something that lasts, this is what you need to do. Is someone who hears his words, his teaching, his ways, and does them. We don't just hear, we do. And you're like that wise man or woman who built their house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house. In other words, it had to face some adversity, but it did not fall because it was founded strong and secure on the rock. Can I encourage you, Hillsong, Kansas City, anybody watching online, the rains are going to come, the wind's going to blow, 
The waters might rise, but don't worry about the rain and don't worry about the wind. Keep working the word into your world. Keep building your life on the rock. The storms will come and the storms will pass, but you will not fall. God wants to build and strengthen your life in beautiful ways. Do you believe that? So if everything is shaking around you, it's because God wants to do something significant through you. We're talking about this is church. Why do we exist more than just a gathering of people that worship on a weekend? No, we have a mission and a message. We have a mandate from heaven to bring the grace of God to the whole world around us. And things looking like they're going so wrong, God's up to something so right, bringing people back to him. And you have a part to play. Every single one of us have a unique and special calling in this mission of Jesus together. Do you believe that? Can we pray? Can we pray for our church, pray for our city, our nation? And let's pray that we have hearts receptive, like Jesus said, not just to hear, but to do, to work his word into our world. Amen. Let's pray. Come on, join us, those online on the plaza. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're the king above every storm and you're the presence of peace in our everyday life. Lord, we refuse to be shaken in this world with so much bad news. There is this thing called the good news. It's the gospel that you have saved us and secured us, not just for one day in eternity, but we can be strong and courageous in this life right here and right now. Lord, I speak to our church family. I think that we would rise up with more love, more grace, more care and concern for the world around us. Lord, we speak peace over our city, peace into our nation. We speak your peace over this earth. Lord, keep doing what you've been doing for 2,000 years through the life of Jesus, through the mission of Jesus. Keep saving the lost, keep strengthening us, keep building our lives so that we can be everything you've called us to be. Let your word saturate every single heart where they need to hear from you. Lord, I thank you. You have a word ready for them in the mighty name of Jesus. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen. Thank you for your generous amen today. What a generous church you are. Uh, you know, I came off a, a, a little bit of a vacation week, some fun time with my family. Uh, growing up, um, our family vacations, my, we're, we're, we're not all that incredible or even all that memorable. I know my parents are watching. They're always watching. I'm thankful for the vacations. I just, my family, my, my brothers, uh, I, I'm the youngest of four. I've got an older sister and I've got two older brothers and they're like 12 and 13 years older than me. So in many ways, I was kind of like the second half of my, my parents' life and uh, of their parenting. And I heard stories of the vacations that they went on uh, before my parents went into full-time ministry. In fact, they had a boat back in the day. Now, my, my family, my, my, my season with my family, we, we never had a boat. We didn't do the lake house. Um, y'all, some of you have lake houses. I'm low-key jealous about your life and lifestyle. I realize people with lake houses, many of you watch online throughout seasons like this or summer. Uh, we didn't have that. In fact, the first time I was ever on a jet ski, right? A ski-doo, uh, you know, uh, personal watercraft, wave runner. I was like 25 years old. I think I have a picture actually of me and my first one. Okay, that's not me. But, but that guy looks like he's having the time of his life. How many of you know that underneath that helmet is a full-on mullet? You can just tell. That guy's name is probably Gunner. Um, he's got the gloves on. He's living his best life. Uh, the great thing about a jet ski is you can kind of go anywhere and do whatever you want to do. It's a lot of fun for you. It's the personal watercraft. 
So exciting. You can jump the wakes. You can have a blast, go anywhere at any time. It's low maintenance. It's easy to use. It's fun for every individual. Problem with it is you can't really go that far. And maybe you can take one other person with you. Now, many of us in our faith, we've got jet ski relationship. When it comes to the house of God, when it comes to the ways of God, when it comes to living out the mission, it's about our enjoyment, our fulfillment, and our control. We like to go where we want to go, do what we want to do, and it is exciting for a season, but yet you can't accomplish much significance in that place of isolation, in that individual place. Yes, you're in control, but it's just about you. Now contrast this with the U.S. Naval ship Mercy. I think we got a picture of that big old beauty right there. It is a mobile hospital that can go anywhere around the world to help people in their worst situation. In fact, you might remember that this ship and its sister ship, one was parked in the Hudson Bay in New York, one was in Los Angeles during the COVID uh, pandemic when it was at its worst, taking care of people, literally saving people. It's a mobile mission field and can go anywhere it needs to go, although it requires a whole lot of work, a whole lot of crew, but it can do a whole lot of good. See, the problem with having a personal watercraft, a, a jet ski, wave runner, sea do faith, is that it is fun for a season, but it's not fulfilling for the mission. It's all about where you want to go and what you want to do. And I believe God has called every single one of us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And although we have to maybe get in line and get on board, where we'll go and what we'll do will be so much more significant than it's our own enjoyment for a short season. We can be, bring help to the hurting and rescue and restoration of those. So you want to be on the big ship or the little boat, it really determines how far do you want to go and what do you want to do? What do you really want to accomplish? I believe God's called us as we're proclaiming this is church. I want to speak for a few moments on getting everyone on board, all on board. Now, I'm not a cruise ship guy. Uh, I literally was on one cruise ship for one night. It was the dinkiest, worst cruise ship in a classic my life kind of way. It was on a missions trip taking kids to Mexico. Um, but I do remember this, that they sound like the big bullhorn thing. I, I would attempt to make the noise, but it wouldn't sound very good. The foghorn, and it's time for everyone to get on board. In many ways, I want to use the scripture today and the word of God today to kind of sound the alarm to the significance, what I believe this season is for us as a local church, that everyone would find their place and their fit on board in something that you'll actually find so much more fulfilling than just your own personal faith. When you find the power of our collective serve and sacrifice, the significance in this season for the saving of many, for the rescuing of humanity, and for reaching people where they need it the most. The personal watercraft is fun, but you won't go very far. The same with your faith, if it's just about you. It is exciting, exhilarating for a moment, but you'll not go to the places or accomplish the purpose to that which God has created you for. See, God did not give you the church for you just to build your gifts and to build your own life. Now, as you are part of church family, it will build your life. 
uh, as you live committed and connected to the mission of Jesus to the local church, it will build your family. It will build your marriage. It will build something beautiful, even out of the broken places of your life. But God has actually given us our gifts to build his church. I'm not just talking about Hillsong Church in Kansas City. I'm talking about the movement of Jesus here on the earth. It requires every single person to have a place and a part. And guess what? Every single part is significant. Uh, Easter weekend, we saw 49, 50 people give their hearts to Jesus just in the rooms, let alone the impact online that we've been having in, in this season. And that the salvation moment, obviously we know that's the work of the Holy Spirit on people's hearts, but it was through the church. It's through all of us together. It was not my preaching. It was not someone greeting at the front door. We saw 13 kids and Hillsong kids give their life to Jesus that day as well. The kids workers are incredible. What an amazing team. It wasn't the worship team or the worship. It's every single part together participating to bring that promise of salvation to people right where they're at. Everyone has a part to play and every part is significant. And it's time for us to all get on board. All aboard so that we can go places we've never gone before and accomplish things we've never done before because the world is spiraling out of control and yet God is building something strong stable to secure salvation for future generations there's a part for every one of us to play it really takes a community it takes a community of courage it takes a community of sacrifice to see the significant thing God wants to do because you need community. Every one of us, were actually wired by God not to do life alone. Even in the perfection of creation, God looked at Adam and said, man, it is not good for man to be alone. How much more so in the calamity and confusion of our current day and age is it not good for us to be alone? You need to belong to something that's bigger than you. And if we look at the church in its earliest forms, the New Testament church happens in Acts chapter 2. We looked at Acts chapter 1 last week. The Holy Spirit arrives on the scene. And yes, they have an amazing church experience in the upper room. And in fact, they had such a powerful moment of worship and the power of the Holy Spirit broke out in that place. But it did not stay in that place. Immediately, it spills out to people in their place of need and 3,000 3, men, the Bible says, that had a moment of repentance, of salvation, and even were baptized in that moment. That's what the early church looked like. And they did some things that we could duplicate and catch the spirit of even here and now 2,000 years later. Because people always talk about, I want to go back to like early church. And a lot of times what they mean by that is they want a little bit more of an organic thing. Because uh, I know what we're, I'm preaching to people live in the moment, online, uh, in another location on the plaza. There are those at Lansing Correctional. We utilize technology. We have a stage. We have a big parking lot. We have uh, multiple facilities that we use. And sometimes when people say, I want to go back to the beginning, what they mean is something that they feel like is more organic. But the truth is, you probably don't want to go back then. Number one, there was an unbelievable persecution an unbelievable cost. In fact, God didn't want you back then. If he wanted you alive back then, he would have birthed you in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. But you're here and now in this season for something significant. But I do want to go back to the roots of church and replicate their devotion 
their connection of mission. And in the same way, what God did back then, he is doing and could do even greater still in the here and now. Because we need to think big and we also still need to think small. We need to think about the big mission. We need to think about the big body of Christ that Jesus is building and where he wants to go and places we need to go. But we also need to think about the connective places as well. Because some people want one or the other. A lot of people like big church. Because big church, you can sit in. You can sit in the back. I'm not picking on anyone sitting in the back. You can stay online if you want. And no one will know you. No one will bother you. You can slip in, slip out. Heck, right now you get to wear a disguise in church. It works perfectly for you. People like that. Some people like small. Some people like to, to know everybody's name. Everyone be connected with every single person. I think in church we need both. I think God actually wants a church that keeps growing in impact and still growing closer in connectivity. And that's what we see in this early church. Acts chapter 2, the very end of the revival service from the upper room in verse 41, it says, those who believe, those 3,000 men were baptized. In fact, if you haven't been baptized, remember, next week is baptism. It's time for you to go public with your faith. And they were added to the church. A big revival service grew the church. And then it says that they joined with the other believers and committed themselves to what? The teaching of the word of God, the apostles teaching and to fellowship. I broke these down just kind of in bullet points, get you the cliff notes version here. Everyone was filled with all the many wonders and signs performed, the miracles that happened in their meetings, and there's power in our participation. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So it's a big movement, but everyone chose to stick together. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. In other words, there's radical, sacrificial generosity. They worshiped together regularly at the temple courts and then met in small groups and homes for communion and shared their meals with great joy. It goes on to say, and the Lord added to them daily those being saved. So if we want to go back to the original plan, it's both small and intimate and big in impact. Nobody was just doing their own thing. They all had a personal ownership of the big thing that God was doing, and yet they still had intimate connection with each other. This is church. This is what it's supposed to look like, that we both grow big in impact and intimate in relationship and community at the same time. They grew closer, they were committed, and yet it wasn't just about them. It didn't stay in a clique. It became a contagious movement of Jesus on the earth that we're still a part of today, devoted to the word, sacrificial in generosity, devoted to prayer, and God began to grow them as they grew closer together. It was both big and small at the same time. I think you need to understand, if we're all going to get on board, you need to understand that church community helps, helps you center your life. And listen, helps you get out of the center of your life. Helps you not be the center of attention, but realize it's Christ in you, the hope of glory for the world around you. Helps you focus your faith on reaching, impacting, and helping the world around you. Helps you get out of selfishness and into surrender. Out of me and mine and onto mission mandate. 
It helps us get centered around God's heart for humanity. I love this from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from the message. It says, Christ's love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. In other words, we're so focused on Jesus' love for us and for others that that's where we do our work from. And we're making a firm decision. We're making a commitment that this is the work we're going to do together. It's from this place of Jesus' love. In fact, even in today's Bible reading plan, if you are joining along with the Bible reading plan, it says that Jesus says very clearly when he's speaking about Zacchaeus, he turns to those around him and this he says, this is why I am here. I am here to seek and save the lost. My heart is so big for the hurting in humanity. It isn't just about the few. It's about the few impacting the many. This is church. Church is a gathering, by the way. It's us coming together to be a part of something that's bigger than us. I realize people, some people still uh, staying uh, at home and online. And I understand that in this time and season. But there's nothing quite like the gathering together of God's people. In fact, it says in Leviticus, and yes, we're going to Leviticus today, verse 23. I was happy when we graduated out of Leviticus in our Bible reading plan. But God says you have six days to do your work. But on the seventh day of each week, it's holy. In other words, it's set apart for God's purpose. God says it belongs to me. No matter where you live, you must rest on that day and come together for worship. Now, we think it's an Old Testament declaration, but the Bible says, God says, hey, this is to remain forever. That there's a part of us where we work, 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 in building our life, building our career, building our family, getting our education, whatever work looks like to you in this season. But then there's a holy day. It's a Sabbath day. It's a secured day. And Sabbath just means to cease. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. It's just that you do something different than you do the other days. You're not producing. You're growing. You're not just making something happen. You're choosing to worship you're choosing to lean into God. It's a day set apart for you to worship. It's ceasing business as usual and the ordinary so that you can accomplish the vital and the necessary. It's a place of honoring God. This is church. It is the gathering. It's something that lasts for forever. But Jesus says, hey, I'm Lord over the Sabbath. The Sabbath isn't really anything you do for God. It's what God has set up for you. In other words, it's not for the benefit of God. It's for God to benefit your life, that we bring the big gathering together so God can grow you. How good is our God? Every good and perfect gift comes down from him. He says, I want to set apart a day so that when you give me praise, I can give you grace. When you lean into me, I can leverage what I have for you. When you come to me and are faithful to me, I'm going to fill you with faith even to overflow. And it says no matter where you are, and I would even add this, no matter when in time you are, there's always a day that you need to come together, that we gather, we gather large so that we can grow together in our faith. So it says they, they worship together regularly, Acts 2, verse 46, in the temple courts. Notice it says courts there. Multiple courts around the temple. That's because the church was so large, it couldn't meet in just one place. Now, this is bigger than Hillsong, Kansas City. We have two locations we got online. We're, we're streaming into Lansing Correctional Facility. That's great. 
But this is about the movement of Jesus all over the earth, that every single one of us have a place in a spiritual community to call home so that we can be a part of what God is building and breathing on here on the earth. But we can't just be around each other one day a week. We have to be authentic in our community. There needs to be a place of transparency. Some of you don't like this word. Intimacy, connectivity for something greater. In other words, don't just come to church. You come alive when you are the church in relationship with others. In the American church culture, we, in American church culture, we are great at faking it. We're great at putting on the church face. Literally, you got a mask on, but underneath your protective covering from the virus, you've got another mask on. It's your church face for the day. And we often speak in the native dialect of the Bible Belt, Christianese. How many know Christianese? You grew up like I did in Tulsa, Jerusalem. You know Christianese inside and out. We all know that guy who had like a country song kind of week. His truck broke down. His dog died. His wife left him. He's out of beer. It's just been lighten up. You can laugh in church. But you see him at church like, hey, man, how are you doing today? Joe's like, oh, praise God. Uh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? It's down there somewhere. Uh, he's got the whole world in his hands. Like, okay, now you're just using children's worship songs. What is wrong with you? You do you, Ned Flanders, but I don't know about you. I want, I want a place where I can be real. Now, we don't come into the gathering and, and just pour out all of your problems on everyone else around you. But if you're constantly holding that stuff in, you're missing the healing that happens in community. The Bible clearly states that God is the one who forgives us of our sins, but God uses people to bring healing in those places of brokenness. We confess our sins to one another and pray for each other. And then there is where healing happens, the book of James says. So it's actually an authentic community and connectivity that can't happen in the big. That only happens in the small that God does his restorative work in your life, in your heart, in your soul. If we're going to all be all aboard, we got to understand that church, church community is a place where we actually connect with other believers, and it's a connection that pulls the best of your calling out. You cannot fulfill your God-given purpose alone. It doesn't happen. It happens in this thing called the body, the body of Christ in this connection with each other, there's course correction because you might be going offline and don't even quite see it yet. But you might just feel like it's a bad week or a bad season, but you need someone else that can see what you're struggling with and speak life and encouragement to that situation. We need the big and we need the small. In connection, there's divine protection. There's people looking out for God's best in your life. In connection, there's the power of unity, that our gifts together, our prayer together, our worship together accomplishes more than it does solo. In connection, there's a fulfillment of individual purpose. Again, you cannot fulfill your God-given purpose alone. We were created to be in connection. Because see, the key that might unlock, unlock your potential, unlock your purpose, is often in the hands of the heart of someone you might be sitting around with right now. God brings the best out of us in this commitment and connection with each other. You know, my parents were, were pastors uh, for a few years in Southern California, and um, 
that church ended up merging with another church in the area. It was a great connection for, for everyone. And I went to Bible college, and when I came back home, I was a part of that church that my parents' church ended up merging with. Uh, and so there were some people there that I'd known for years. And I was like the main junior high leader. And there was a guy, uh, and I'll protect his identity, we'll just call him Leon, uh, because his name was Leonard. And, <laughs> and he would, I, I'd known him for 10 years. Uh, as a little kid growing up through church, now as a church leader, and, and he was the nicest guy, the most chipper guy you've ever met. Like, should have had a job at Disneyland, kind of, just always seemed to be in such a great mood. In fact, one time, uh, I should have suspected something was wrong with him, because one time I invited him to help out at a youth event, I just needed more people there, and he showed up in a clown outfit, unrequested. He just came as a clown. That might have been a warning flag that something was a little bit off. And I was about ready to move to another city. And we went out to lunch. And we hadn't really connected one-on-one in a long time. And over a Quiznos toasted sub, he began to just dive and pour out the pain in his life, the addictions in his life, the struggle in his life. And I remember thinking, man, as I wanted to stay in the moment and be there for him, I was also frustrated because I'd known him for a decade and had no idea any of this stuff was going on in his life and in his world. I wonder how many of us are holding things in right now, whether it's out of insecurity or pride, or maybe it's because we face rejection or pain from some sort of religious movement or encounter we were a part of in previous seasons, but to realize that healing happens in this space and this place of church, that we need the big, so we can go places we can't go on our own and accomplish more than we can by ourselves, but we also need the small. We need places to drop the veneer and get out of the fake so that we can be real, that we can be healed, so that we can be restored. We need this thing and do this thing together. You need the community that has authenticity, something we'll always be fighting for. As we are a church that I think we do the big pretty well uh, with the worship team and the, the, the media and everything that we do, we do that great, but we always have to be fighting for God's best that happens, not just in the big, but also brings the best out of people in the places of the small. You know, the California Department of Mental Health, which, man, you know, California needs a major department of mental health. They did a study and discovered what the Bible's been telling us all along, that if you isolate yourself from others, you don't have relational connections in a group, that you're in trouble. The Bible says it this way, that those that isolate themselves, they rage against all wisdom. In other words, you're fighting against wisdom in your life when you're choosing to live in isolation. This study from the Department of Mental Health in California said you're three times more likely to die an early death if you live life alone. You're four times more likely to suffer emotional burnout. You're five times more likely to be clinically depressed. You're 10 times more likely to be hospitalized for emotional or mental disorder. God did not create you to be by yourself. Now, the truth is you can be in a group and still be completely isolated because you allow your insecurity or your pride to keep the veneer or the mask up. But this is why we've got to keep fighting for big impact and close connection. This is really church. It's not about one or the other. It's about both. Romans chapter 12, verse five says, Christ makes us one 
we're one body and still individuals. In other words, you don't lose your individuality. You just become a part of something bigger. But we are connected to each other. Same verse, different translations. says the body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But a chopped off finger and a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much. In other words, if you get the illustration that's used there by Paul and Romans in the message paraphrase, is that the body can live without the finger or the toe, but the finger or toe can't live without the body. It's what we need to understand is what we're part of is bigger than just us. But also you need to understand that if your part is missing, the whole body is missing out the part you're called to play. Ephesians 2 verse 19, again the Apostle Paul says, you are members of God's very own family. This isn't just a function. This isn't just a spiritual gathering. This is a community of faith. This is a spiritual family. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I realize right now I'm preaching to the choir because you showed up in church. But what I want to encourage you to do is not just stay in a seat, but step into the significance of your calling. Because it's easy to spectate here, but I'm inviting you to something greater. Divine participation for a God mission greater than your own spiritual faith journey. Get off the jet ski. View doing your own thing. Zooming in when you want to zoom in. Zoom out when you want to zoom out. Participating in the parts that you like. Cruising over to this spot or over to that spot. Bouncing from this place to that place. I'm encouraging you, although it is not glamorous to get involved on the big floating hospital, it is God's glorious calling for every one of us to bring healing restoration to the world around us. And you'll actually find a greater fulfillment, not in your own personal freedom, but in your personal decision to serve in the significant thing that God's doing here on the earth. You were made for a family of faith. Romans 12 verse 10 says, be devoted to each other like a loving family. This is why many people have hangups when it comes to church community. It's because you have heartaches from your family of origin. But this is why God created the church. The people that might be orphaned in this world can find fulfillment in his kingdom. The people might have pain and heartache in their family of origin from their parents, their mothers, and their fathers can actually find the fulfillment of what God always wanted because God so loved the world that he gave a part of his family to bring us into his family. And there's more fulfillment in this family than many of you are experiencing because you're choosing isolation or you're choosing your independence instead of finding your place and your fit to what God has always created you for. We do both large and small, and we fight for both. We fight to make the biggest impact possible because we believe salvation is no small thing. We fight to reach people in every pocket and place of, of our community of, and of our city and of this region because we believe what Jesus said. The first things he says to his followers is, come and follow me. I'll make you fisher of men. He's using what they did. They were speaking to fishermen. He says, I want to use your ordinary life and I want to give you a spiritual purpose to it. So you're, you're, you're gifting many times, even though it is spiritual, it's also, it's in your wheelhouse. It's what you already do. It's in the people you already connect with. And then Jesus' book ends his declaration to the disciples as he's beginning to send them out to become apostles. 
He says, now I need you to go into all the world and I need you to preach the gospel. I need you to make disciples. I need you to reach people right where they're at. See, Jesus does both the follow me, come close, and the go out and make a big difference. Make a, he does the big. I think we need to all be a all aboard because church community helps us contribute something back to the one who's given us everything. Helps us participate in what he's building on the earth. I love this verse, 1 Corinthians verse 15. Keep busy in your work for the Lord since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever useless. The smallest part you play is bigger than you know whether you open a door or align a chair, whether you sit in an invitation to someone or share the message online, the littlest thing you do is more significant than you know. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, when we work together, we make a greater difference. Together, we can work more effectively. Church is working perfectly fine without you. Those that don't participate, but we are so much better with you. That there's something on the inside of you that God put there. There's a gift. There's a calling. I want to say it's an anointing on your life. That God has called you to a specific place of influence in your outer world and gifting in our church world. That when more of us say yes to not our own personal thing, but participating in the God thing, the local church here on the earth, that those individual anointings come poured together and they make a greater difference than you'll ever fully know, but you'll never know it unless you join in on it. I think ultimately we have to understand that it's through the church that God does his greatest work. If we're gonna be all aboard, we gotta understand church community helps us communicate God's message more effectively to the world because the message is our mission. It is all about Jesus. Jesus is all about people. And together we can reach more people than we can by ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5, through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. That's the gospel right there. Through Jesus, he's brought us back to God. And then God gave us a part to play. He gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace we could have with him. He gave us this message of peace. So we have been sent to speak for Christ Jesus, speak for Jesus himself. What an honor, what a mission, what a mandate. And there's a part for all of us to play. If you've never gone through next, maybe you used to serve in a capacity and you don't anymore. I want to highly encourage you, quit getting out, quit coming out to church, sitting around in one spot, exiting as soon as possible. I love that you get built up. We always wanted to let this place be a place of refreshment. I love that you enjoy the worship and the word. But if you really want the word to work in your life, you follow through with living your life all in, all out for all that God is doing through the church. There is more for you. You were made for more. Destined by God, together destined by God to do great things for him. You know, in the old days, you... You got your last name based upon who you belong to or what you did. I mean, years and years, generations ago. Stevenson, you were Steven's son. Baker, you were a baker. Um, Smith, you were like a blacksmith. I don't know what Turners did. We turned people onto God. I don't know. But in the kingdom, when you 
when you say hello to the family of faith, when you become a part of God's family, you get to keep your last name. It's not a cult, okay? <laughs> but you do have a family business. It's something that we do. We tell people about Jesus. We do it with our words. We do it with our work. We do it with our testimony. We do it with our sacrifice. We do it with invitation. We do it through generosity. We, we do it through handing out through the house of hope. We do through speaking hope and life over humanity and the people that are around us. And some of you, your faith life has grown so stale because the sea do is fun for about an hour. And you've been just living in your own individual place of control, not realizing the beauty of participation, that it's in this thing called collective sacrifice that God does the most significant of work. Jesus says, hey, I want to make you an influencer. I want to make you a fisherman. I need you to go into all the world. And we get to do this thing together. God's looking for witnesses. In fact, that's what it says the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. Acts chapter 1, when you receive the Holy Spirit, He's going to give you courage. He's going to give you boldness. He's going to give you faith to be a witness to the world around you. The greatest work of the Holy Spirit is to change someone's heart, to change someone's life. And the Holy Spirit utilizes us together in this thing called community, in this thing called church, to reach the world around us. In a courtroom, you got lots of different parts to play. There's the prosecuting attorney, there's the judge, there's the defense attorney, there's the jury. But you are not here to accuse the world. You're not here to judge the world. God's just called you to be a witness. When you're a witness, all you do is just tell, tell your side of the story. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was broken, but God is restored. I ain't there yet, but he's perfecting that which concerns me. I used to be hopeless, but now I've got a living hope. I used to be disconnected, but now I'm in family. I, I, I used to be hurting, but now I've got someone who's helping me with my healing. I, I used to be confused, but now I've got the mind of Christ. It's just telling your story. For far too long, the church has been the jury and the judge of the world around us. God's looking for workers and the work is witness. There's a world for us to reach, there's people for us to impact. And I know we always wanna go deeper in the things of God. Even the, the Bible says like, to find the treasure in God's word, to dig it out, it's for kings, it's like jewels, it's precious. But there's a time and a place for you growing and saturating your faith, but never grow your faith in understanding more than you grow in application and living it out. Because the truth is the world around us is drowning, doesn't need another Greek word for a life raft. They need someone to throw them one. In the same way, we're called not to overly complex the things of God, but to share the simple truth. Jesus saves. Grace is more than enough. There's a God that loves you. There's a plan of heaven for you. So it's time for us to get on board. It's time for us to belong. It's time for us to get over ourselves. Let's commit. Let's connect to what God is doing. It's time to get on with the mission because there's work to do. You have a mission. We have a mission together. And it is more needed now than ever before. In the time I've been alive, the world has never been worse. And guess what? The news is still good. God's still up to something great, and he uses us to do it. Could you stand your feet on the plaza right here in the north? I'm going to pray for you, then we're going to take a moment to worship.
Would you join me in this prayer? Come on, just lean in for a moment. Let God seal this word in your heart and in your life. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus in our greatest time of need, that all those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it says in Romans, how will they know unless someone tells them? Lord, let us always live with the mission and the mandate and the message of Jesus as the most important part of our life. That no matter what we do with our work, no matter what we do in a career, no matter what family we're building, Lord, let us always not put ourselves at the center, but Jesus, we put you and what you're doing through us at the center of our lives. Lord, I thank you that we're coming out of standing at a distance and we're stepping into serving. We're stepping into sacrifice. We're stepping into finding our fit in our place. Lord, help us grow closer together as revival catches around us and works through us for the saving of many. Lord, grow the influence of Jesus, not Hillsong Church, the influence of Jesus through us as we live for you. In our moments of worship, God, seal in our hearts our part to play in the mighty name of Jesus.